Welcome back to another edition of the Resetian Stewart Podcast. Today we are coming to you from the Center for Media Innovation here at Play Park University. I'm joined by Justin. Uh, th- thank you for joining as always. Not a problem. And we have one special guest from Cal U of PA. Uh, it's called Penn West now, yeah, I believe. Penn, yeah, yeah, Penn West, West Cal. Penn West. <laughs> I hate it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like the new name nah. either. I think they merged like a bunch, but I do want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. I'm, uh, I'm doing pretty good, too. Yeah. His, uh, Kayvon's birthday was, you know couple weeks ago now yes, sir. how was your birthday it was good man happy good. birthday by appreciate the way. it i appreciate yes, it sir it was good you know i just had an xfl showcase that day so i didn't really do too much got back in my crib around like six or seven you know just hanging with the, the fam and kicked back ate some good food and that was it yeah justin how, how about you how have you been doing uh, i've been good man just doing the internship uh wrapping up here the next couple of weeks but otherwise i can't complain um Got a, got a couple more interviews to do today as well for the internship. Just uh, finish out some voiceover pieces. But otherwise, you know, I just got paid today, so that's always a good thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, life's good right now. I can't complain too much. Yeah, for me, just got back from vacay, like, literally on Sunday. I went to Disney World. Now that I'm back, uh, it's high, high school football season's next month. So I cover a game every Friday, and I got scheduled to write six articles uh, about football for preseason previews, Avella, Newcastle, Fort Cherry, Olsh, and like two more. But it's going to be a busy week. I feel like as soon as you get back from vacation, that's what you can expect, though. So For sure, most definitely. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, th- thank you for coming on. And uh, before we start, I know we do the quick hitter segment. Did, did you have any in mind? Um, I mean, not really because I've just been busy. But, I mean, I'm just trying to think real quick. The Pirates won a game yesterday. That's mm-hmm. my quick hitter. I mean, they've uh, – I don't know. Do you follow baseball? I do. I do. I, I watch the Pirates. I yeah, do. so sure. I don't know if you saw, but the, the Guardians look like the 27 Yankees the first two games of the series. Oh, yeah, they was hitting crazy. And, like, they're not even they're not even that, that really that good of an offense. Their, their pitching is what really carries them. But, I mean, you know, obviously Josh Naylor and Jose Ramirez, they're the two best players this year on offense. But, like, everyone was mashing the ball. I mean, Josh Bell's been up and down all year. He had two home runs during the series. He looked, he played well. I mean, everyone was hitting the ball, and, you know, I'm glad yesterday they won, won a game. But, I mean, their pitching is, like, pretty much not good, good anymore. Mitch Keller got lit up. That was probably his worst start of his career, not saying something. But, I mean, I mean, Rich Hill was okay yesterday. And I know uh, Andy Rodriguez finally got his first hit yesterday, too. But, I mean, the – the Pirates tomorrow, they're playing Shohei Otani. He's, he's pitching, so that, that'll probably be a no-hitter. Um, listen, they're they're not going anywhere this year. Uh, it, it, at this point, it's the youth movement. They'll probably move off some of their older guys like Rich Hill or maybe even Austin Hedges, which I probably get a bag of chips for him at this rate. But, I mean, I don't know what else you're going to get. I mean, probably Carlos Santana, too. But I mean, it's, at some point too, you're not gonna get any like crazy prospects no, out of it. No, no, unless, unless you trade him to the Dodgers and get like O'Neill Cruz for Tony Watson. That was like a once in a blue moon. At least Tony Watson was a good pitcher. That's a difference. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, and uh, I mean, just to just to wrap it up, I don't want to take forever. They're just they're, they're going nowhere, and they're in last place now. Like after what, like four months? So great times being a Pirate fan as yeah. usual. I do want to add too uh, the second game of the series, the last three batters, Gonzalez. Uh, Andy Rodriguez who, and Leavo Proguero. They went 0 for 9 with 8 strikeouts when you combined all their stuff in that game. There you go. Which, like, I know the bottom of the lineup's not known for hitting, but 8 strikeouts and 9 at bats. 
Like, that's really bad. Yeah. I mean, I don't care if you're a rookie. That's that's still. I mean, that's bad. But I mean, even get, going further, Brian Reynolds looks absolutely lost to the play. I mean, it's like it's incredible. Like, it's one thing to be like in a slump because those happen, but like he's like in a, like a three or four month slump now. That, that's just like not considering what they paid him like early in the season, and like he had that one great week, and his April overall was solid. But after that, he's really not done much, and like. It's just not good enough, and you know it's no coincidence. Once he stops hitting, the Pirates pretty much stops hitting uh, Wells um, as a whole, and you know they're they haven't really played well really since April. Like really, like they have not had like a prolonged stretch of period of time where they played great baseball. So you know it's just one of those things. Um, it is what it is. Hopefully they'll like maybe make some more moves in the off season. <laughs> I highly doubt it though, but you would think they would, and. Um, Maybe 2024 is a little bit better. But, I mean, at, just one more thing. I don't want to take forever. But, like, at the rate they're at now, they're pretty much on par with what they were record last year. And last year they lost 100 games. So, you know, if they lose close to 100 games this year, that's not really progress. I mean, that we're, it's year four of a rebuild. Like, I, I said I said 71 games at the beginning of the, of the year with the podcast, and I, I'm going to stick to that. But anything below 70 wins is uh, no bueno. That's just my opinion. It'll be another season in a row. Right. Like, I, I remember we were talking, they were like 200 and 400 through like a stretch, or something crazy like no. that in a stretch. Like, 19, they didn't win 70 games. 2020, they were 19 and 41. No. 2021, they lost 100 games. Last year, lost 100 games, uh, they lost 100 games. They improved, though. Last one game. Year. By they one, won game. one game. They won, yeah. they won from 61 and 101 to 62. They'll probably go 65 this year. <laughs> but yeah, the annual cruise injury was uh, really deadly because, like, like, Brian Reynolds now didn't have any batting support, but he can't even say batting support anymore at this point. And the guy is, he had five home runs in the first week of the season, and he's had four since April, which for someone you're paying how m- $11 million a year, that's. That's it's like, not even like that. He's like not even driving in runs. That's fine. I get the lineup's not great, but at least get on base. He can't even get on base. Like that's that's a problem. Yeah, and too like uh, another player too is just like he Brian Hayes too has just been got like there's obviously still potential for both, but like if you look at Jared Triola though, like honestly this might sound crazy, but if you if you look, are breaking down like the stat WAR, he has a .6 WAR already. And he's only played 17 games. Key Brian Hayes has a 1.4 war on the season. Right. So it's like you're getting this. If you look defensively, too, he won two gold gloves in the minor leagues. It's like there's players up here that are, like, really wanting to get that starting spot there. And, like, I don't know. Key Brian Hayes, like, I really like the player. He's a great best defensive third baseman in the league, in my opinion, right now. But, like, the bat, like, he hasn't batted over 260 yet in his career. So. I don't know. Do you have anything that like, do you have you you follow the parts like crazy like that or not real? Uh, like here and there, like I'll check in. Like I don't watch every game, but right. like I'll check this like the score, like okay. updates on my phone and stuff. But, yeah, but right. yeah, like it's just really pitching, and then like they haven't been batting for a while, and maybe like you know I saw like Reynolds was hurt, Key Bryan was hurt, McCutcheon was hurt, obviously O'Neill. So maybe like people being in and out of the lineup is probably why it consistently at the bat. But I mean, it's just a youth movement at this point, so. We just got to see what the prospects are doing now. So, fair enough. Yeah, I do like, like you said, like I like how Henry Davis, Nick Gonzalez, and he's out. They're all up. Yeah, that's that's, that's that's the one good thing. I will give him that. I will give him that. So. Yeah, and like plus two. Whenever the injuries have been a big deal too, especially in the bullpen, like Yarlan Garcia 
has nerve damage. Chase Young not having the same year as last year. Even Will Crow um, getting hurt. They DFA'd Will Crow the other day. They did, yeah. Yeah, so that Josh Beltre, that's looking pretty bad right now. It is. Considering that the other guy they got is still in single A, and he's that that, that trade was like three years ago. He's not progressed at all. So that's... Typical Pirates trade, though. Unfortunately. Yeah. And plus, like, if you look at the money Bell's getting right now, like, he's really not getting that much more than, like, Carlos Santana or, like, a Rich Hill. So I mean, honestly, I, I don't. This shouldn't really be that controversial, but I'd take Bell right now. Like, I would too. I understand he has like his highs and lows, and they're they're really like extreme. But like his highs are better than Santana's highs, in my opinion. I know Santana's had some solid moments this year, but I mean, Josh Bell is like eight years younger than him at this point. So, and he has. I know the powers kind of disappeared here the past couple of years compared to what he did like with the Pirates, but like he still has a power. He's a he's a really big dude. He can generate power and he can get on hot streaks. And I just think, yes, he's not good defensively. We know that, but at this point, Carlos Santana isn't much better either. And I think Bell, at least you have some offense with him on a more a little bit more consistent basis. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, you can always DH him too, but. Anyways, I, I do want to just move on quick to my quick hitter real fast. Okay. And it's just, uh, I think this one's a lighter note other than talking about the Bad News Bears, Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> but <laughs> it's about the Cincinnati Reds, who just got swept by the Brewers, but that's besides the point. Uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand made history by having the longest name in baseball history. And uh, he even hit a pinch hit home run, too. So. I mean, that's goes to show the Reds' prospects are, you know, clearly panning out because they're playing really good this year. But, yeah, that's my quick hitter, Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, yeah, longest name ever. Um, hopefully he has a, long, a longer career, too. So Just real quick, though, it's funny you mentioned the Reds were they were a playoff team in 2020. 2021, they were, like, in the mix till the end. They blow it up in 2022, and here we are a year later. They're already in playoff contention. I'm just saying, like that's there's 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 just some organizations Bad that know division, what they're doing. Good prospects. Like it's uh, there's some teams that know what they're doing, and there's just some teams that don't know what they're doing. And I'll leave it at that, though. So we if, talked about the tail end of our podcast yes. too, about like just teams that like the Royals, Mariners, Pirates. Like they just like you'll get the occasional Julio, you'll get you'll get Andrew McCutcheon, but some teams just can't. No, they can't. Their, their systems just kill prospects but pretty much yeah i don't know have you like have you been like looking at any sports news that caught your eye this week or like uh, last week or anything anything oh how about uh what do you think about deandre hopkins going to the titans tight uh well that's a good that's a quick hitter there that's interesting so like you can go first i feel like i'm talking too much do we both talk a ton? That's why you go first. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm like I'm like I'm like, I feel like I'm talking way too much though. For why. me, like uh, knowing that the division's like that division's pretty mediocre. Yeah. Like you got the Texans. I think they killed it in the draft getting Stroud and Anderson. Uh, but that's besides the point. They're still a really young team, yeah. so like I don't. But like we saw the Jaguars jump from nobody like ceiling. I'm not ceiling Florida. Literally in the playoffs, so like who knows? Houston, if Stroud like really pans out, they could be good. But if I had the bet, I think like they'll still be out of the playoffs. Colts, I think they're entering a rebuild soon. Yeah. Uh, Jaguars, I think have a pretty solid team, but like for the Titans, like you have a p- pretty mediocre division. Getting DeAndre Hopkins, like I know he he's older now, and like he. He got, like, suspended last year and stuff, but he can still play. He still showed, like, shades of, like, his 
older self like last year he ended up at, you know putting together some some good games at the tail end of the year until uh the whole Kyler like I've just felt like the Cardinals kind of got unlucky last year but I I personally think that this was a good pickup uh will the Titans be a playoff team who knows uh you still have Ryan Tannehill and Tarek Henry uh you lost Taylor Lewan, but like at the end of the day I think I do think that um the Titans like that's a good pickup for them because like they can they can at least stay within playoff contention with a, a good number one receiver like Hopkins, but that's just my thought on it. Yeah, I think honestly this is probably the Titans' like last hurrah as far as being like a, a viable playoff team, and I and I barely think they're a viable playoff team this year. Um, but I mean, as far as Hopkins is, he's like their number one already, and if like Traylon Burks could like maybe take take a jump, you have two good receivers right there. Uh, Derrick Henry, if he's he's healthy, you're always going to be in games with him. And I think part of the thing, is, the issue with the Titans last year is they started out pretty solid. Like I think they were like six and three, something like that. And Tannehill like got hurt, and he, and it was pretty much like Malik Willis and Josh Dobbs show, and we saw that pretty much blew up in their face. So I mean, if Tannehill can play a full year, uh, limited limited turnovers, and maybe just play comp- complimentary football to Derrick Henry, and you know trust Hopkins and uh, Burks to make plays. I could see them being a wild card team. I mean, it's not far fetched. I mean, their defense is still good. Um, the defense is very underrated too. No, it is. Yeah. And uh, you know, like like you said, the division isn't great. I mean, I know the Jaguars won it last year, and they're like the, they're the betting favorites to win it again. But that was just one year. You know, the NFL changes from year to year, and it's no guarantee that Jacksonville Look at the Rams, like, for example. Yeah, it's no guarantee that, that Jacksonville like wins fourteen games, like everyone's predicting, and like ma- makes our dog horse Super Bowl team. Like, they, they could like be mediocre again this year. So we'll see how we'll just see how it p- plays out. I even think the Texans can be competitive this year. The Colts maybe not so much, just because I think they I think they're already rebuilding. In my opinion, you drafted like a quarterback, and um, yeah, top five pick, and yeah, I do think they're rebuilding actually right now. But uh, we'll see how that pans out uh, with Richardson. But yeah, I mean overall the Titans, I don't think they're dead yet. But I mean, I think after this year, they're gonna move on from uh, Tannehill, and then. I guess they'll figure out the Will Levis, uh, Malik Willis thing. I think that that's very strange. I've yeah. said that a thousand times. I I wasn't a fan of them drafting Will Levis. Uh, Malik Willis, everyone knew he was gonna have to sit at least a year or two, like and he, and they just drafted another quarterback. That that didn't make any sense to me. But uh, we'll see how that 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 thing pans out. That's a more long term thing though. But as far as this year goes, I think the Titans can make the playoffs. I do. Yeah. I agree with that too. How do you feel about the whole situation from Hopkins and then, you know, Malik Lewis and then them drafting uh, Will Levis, Will Levis. aka yeah. former Penn State guy going to <laughs> Kentucky? So, honestly, I thought uh, I thought D Hop was gonna go more to like a contender team. Like I thought he like maybe I thought he was gonna a lot of talks with the Patriots and stuff like that. Yeah, I Patriots, even saw yeah. I even saw with the Chiefs. I thought he was gonna take like a like a one year deal with the Chiefs and uh, stuff okay. like that. But I know like the Titans gave him a decent <laughs> amount of money, so maybe that factor in it uh, as much. Probably. And then yeah, like what you said um, with uh, Malik Willis, like I like Malik Willis. Like I thought he did a lot of good stuff in college, but obviously he's still like a project and stuff like that. Right. So he's a couple years away. And then yeah, I was surprised that Will Levis went there. I thought honestly, I thought Will Levis was going to go to Colts or like earlier. Right. The way they were right. hyping him up and stuff like that. But yeah, it really doesn't make sense for if you think Malik Willis, Malik Willis is going to be the guy. Right. And then draft Will Levis. And then I saw talks that saying that. Malik Willis was doing well in like mini camp and stuff like that. So it's just yeah, it's a weird situation for them. But 
one of them they go move on some with one of them so well it was one of those things with the draft like they was like either Will Levis or Anthony Rich and they were going to draft really high right. and the other was probably going to slide yeah, and yeah. It, I guess it would have just came down to who has more physical upside because like honestly Will Levis had the better college career than Richardson right. unless we're going to be real about it but Rich, I think Richardson has a higher ceiling yeah. and you know whether he reaches that ceiling I don't know if he ever will but based off intangibles like his skill set reminds me a lot like, of Cam Newton except I think he's a better thrower and I think he's a better older oh, than yeah. Cam Newton but like that's like we're talking like MVP caliber. Right. Cam Newton won an MVP, so right. I don't know if he'll ever reach that level. But I mean, mm-hmm. compared to Will Levis, I'd probably take Richardson, honestly. But right. that's just my opinion. I agree. The only thing with Cam Newton, though, I will say is he was just so much more polished coming out of. No, he, he 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 won a national championship yeah. in the Heisman. I can't argue that. Yeah, but I I will say like if you look at Anthony Richardson, just how he plays and just like his arm and how crazy it is and just like I mean the dude just. He could probably play whatever sport he wants, really. Even oh, yeah, easily. Too. easily. Like, he got the size for that. And I just think, like, you really can't go wrong getting an athlete like him. Like, high risk, high reward. Right. Like, right. if this guy pans out, like, he's, he's going to be, be a He'll be a superstar for yeah. sure. And I think, like, I will say one thing about Will Levis. And they, I think that they just thought, like, oh, this quarterback dropped. And they just didn't have full faith in Malik Willis. So they just, like, pulled the trigger. Like, for me, it's kind of confusing. But at the same time, the only way I could look at it it's like, hey, like this Will Levis guy, he was thought about getting taken in sixth. And I will say, like, Will Levis in college, Kentucky, I mean, they've had some solid seasons since him starting at quarterback. So, I mean, at least he was able to play in the SEC and ended up having a good college career. So, I mean, Malik Willis, though, too, turned Liberty around. Um, like, they, Liberty's still new in FBS. And, uh, I don't know, I guess the only thing is um, – yeah, if you think about it, like when he did play div- like a Division One school against Ole Miss, he didn't look great. So you could kind of like tell that like he still needs like a little bit more polishing. But like the guy has speed, he can move. I I I love I loved Malik Willis in college, but it's just one of those things where it's kind of a confusing move. But I can kind of see it, kind of not. Right. It's it's weird. Well, I'll throw this question on here. Let's say the Titans have a terrible season. They win like three or four games this year, and they're top three pick. And Caleb Williams or Drake May is there. Do you think they draft another quarterback? I'm being serious. They could. Because, like, Drake May and Caleb Williams, they're considered one of the two, like, one, two better quarterback prospects we've had in a few years. And, like, as far as talent goes, I think both those guys can be better than Levis and I, I think Richardson. they will be better than both. Okay, well, so, like, if, if you're well, – Well, yeah, I thought, like, Levis and Willis. Do you, do you think they would take another quarterback? Why not, I guess? I don't know. See, if you – See, that's, like, that's, that's, that's I'm what not I saying it's smart. Yeah. But I mean, but I, that's not far fetched. They would do that. I mean, though. like, yeah, it's it would that would be kind of crazy. But like, honestly, like with the AFC, how tough it is with all the yeah, QBs. I, I get everyone's it, yeah. trying to find her. Right, Josh Allen, Mahomes, right. Joe Burrow type quarterback franchise quarterback. So I mean, that's probably the, the risk they might have to take. I mean, if Caleb Williams is there, you might have to go Caleb Williams. I yeah, just I just but, don't like how like quarterbacks get recycled so right. much. Like they they have like a two year. Uh, if you're not good in two years, we're getting rid of you. Like, right. That's just like, I just don't like that. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's good if you just wait a couple years. Like sometimes guys just take a long time to blossom. That that, I, that was just my point. I agree. I, I will, agree. I will so. say this though. Like if you think about it though, hear me out. So Malik Willis. Like the like people are talking about the Steelers taking him in the first round. I, I remember all that. And they yes. got him. In the, they that. got him in the third, third round. Right, right. So it's like they kind of got a a steal so right. per se. Yeah, yeah, I guess. In the third, right. so like it wasn't really like 
Like, they didn't draft a quarterback in the first round. Right. So you I know, think it's I, a little bit different. I, I get it, but, like, the the intention was there. Like, Mil- Willis was, like, seen as a first-round talent. And then, like, obviously he fell. But, like, I just think if you draft someone in the third round, usually you're not going to start them day one. Like, unless you're a first-round pick. That's usually how it goes. And, like, like the fact they knew what they were doing when they took them. They could have taken someone else. Hell, they could have even drafted Pickett that probably if they had a chance. And they, they, they took him because they know he had the highest boom-bust potential. And you had to sit him for two years. You knew that coming in. And like to me, like and you throw him out there his first year. You knew he wasn't ready. And you saw what happened. He did not look good at all. And yet they still – I just don't like that. It's just you could have threw, thrown Josh Dobbs out there for the rest of the year instead of Willis. Like first year, rookie, he's not ready. It's, it's Pretty evident, but that, I'm sorry. I, you still have Ryan Tannehill too. Well, so but he like, was hurt last. That's why I guess. Yeah, but yeah. And then right. they, they they went through the carousel. Everyone got benched, and that, that's just not. You can't win like that. They started Dobbs in that big game against. Yeah, we Jacksonville. saw Jacksonville. Yeah. yeah, saw that turn. They almost won too. That was kind of cool. Were they, were they up? Like, were they winning like by 14 or I think something they, like they that? Were up, I think they yeah. were winning. Yeah. yeah, they blew that game. Yeah, actually. they did. That was that was for the division, right? It yeah, was, it was yeah. division title. Yeah, so yeah, that was that was great. I remember that game, and then I also remember the Jacksonville versus uh, Chargers game. Oh, that too. was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah, what was the score? It was like thirty, like twenty-seven. There was thirty-one to twenty. It was one of those thirty to twenty-something scores. Yeah, it was. But, it was rough end of the season. It's uh, for uh, the Chargers. Chargers, well, that's one other issue. Two two straight years where it was just a rough ending. I'm trying to think how how did they was it was it the, the year Raiders, before the Raiders game the, the field goal yeah right that game was oh, almost, that game was the almost That's how tied we got in the playoffs Steelers yeah because yeah. they thought they thought like they were going to end in the tide and mess the Steelers up you know it's yeah. funny I don't I know we're like not we're supposed to interview them and stuff but like I want to say one quick story I remember the Raiders were beating the Chargers that night and I think I had to go to school the next day or college, whatever, and I was like, oh, the, the Raiders got this in the bag, so I went to bed, and I remember waking up, I was scrolling through Twitter, people were like, were like losing their minds, like, oh, this game almost edited in a tie, I was like, are you serious, I, did, I didn't even know that, it was just like one of those wild things, like the, the way the game unfolded, and I, I like for my sake, like being a guy that watches football, I'm glad I didn't watch that, probably would have broken my TV at some point, just because I hate those kind of games, especially when play- playoff uh, sittings on the line, you know, for the Steelers, that was that was their way into the playoffs, and honestly, looking back, I probably wish we would have tied, just considering <laughs> how the game unfolded against the Chiefs. But that's another story. But hey, I just wanted to take yeah, They gave us hope. Remember, like TJ Watt, uh, that was, got like a pick or something. I was like, oh, snap. They, that was that was gonna be the, that was gonna be their only score of the yeah. game, bro. They were they were not beating the, the uh, Mahomes seven no, nothing. They wasn't, they wasn't. They were gonna score at what something, and then you know the floodgates opened. It was a wrap. Yeah, I I couldn't uh, I, I couldn't believe that because I remember my dad and I watching. And like uh, you know, the, people Chief Steelers game. No, the, 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 the game before. Oh, okay, though. yeah. It, even that game too, uh, yeah. though. Like it just. Um, I I, re- I just remember uh, the the Raiders game though. I'm sorry, I was bringing it back, but just like watching that game, we were like, oh, maybe the NFL is rigged. <laughs> like you know what I mean? I mean seriously. Yeah, I mean, at that was, point. <laughs> I think it was that year in particular. There was a lot of games. The way they were like unfolding, it was like a little bit absurd. Like I, I think it was it was that 2021 season. There was like a lot of overtime games, and the way the, the way the games were being played, it was just so. It was like something you would see in Madden. Like they wasn't even real life. So you know that, that's the NFL for you, as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, the Chiefs though. took it to the Steelers, though. Well, that was my whole thing about that game was the Steelers. They shut them out the first quarter. That was probably as dominant of a defensive effort you can have against the best quarterback in football. And then like the second quarter, T.J. Watt gets that touchdown, and I was thinking to myself. 
yeah, this is probably the last time they're, they're going to lead in the game. And now that because like their offense couldn't do anything. If they would have scored probably a touchdown or two, the offense that game, I they probably still wouldn't have won it. But it probably would have been a more competitive game. And like your offense wasn't giving you anything. So you know your defense. You're if you're on the field the entire time, you're going to get worn out. And that's what happened. Like I think they scored like three touchdowns that second quarter or two, and after that it was over. So it's you know I will it was say one of those this, things. Though. Like that 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 team. Like I'm just gonna say it. That team should have been a playoff team. And like I'll tell you why. Like obviously, if you make the playoffs, you deserve it. That defense deserved to make the playoffs. But the reason I say that is because their largest margin of victory was against the Cleveland Browns, and it was 26 to 14. That was their largest margin of victory in one of their wins they had the Steelers. And then, like, all their other games they won were with eight points or within. Right, yeah. So, like, that means, like, when they lost, they got beat pretty good. Or when they won, they were just pulling these games out. So. I mean, the crazy thing about that year, too, is there was, like, I can point to three or four games they probably should have won. And that we, like, we, uh, most of the people thought, like, they weren't really that good of a team. But, I mean, I can think of the Chargers game. That was yeah, a, that was yeah. a, a night game. The Vikings game. The Vikings, the Vikings. game. The um, the I'm missing a game. There's a game they should have won. Uh, the, the if they didn't tie the Lions, if they, if Ben started, they probably win. They win that game. Oh, yeah. yeah, they did tie against the, the freaking Lions. Mason Rudolph. The worst game yeah. I ever watched. Yeah. That was that was a really bad <laughs> that game. So that, that's that's three. Uh, let, let's let's say two out of three. They win two out of three of those games. As instead, you're looking at like eleven and six or eleven and five, whatever it was. So I mean, that's a. Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things, man. Even last year, there was like three or four games right. they, they probably should have won. Dolphins, <laughs> like, they the, Jets. the Jets, the Jets, yeah. the Patriots. Yeah. I mean, those were all, and that's why, I'm like, like going into this year, that's why I'm buying a lot of stock in the Steelers because I think their schedule really sets up nicely, where they can win in theory every game this year. Now, I'm not. They're not going to go undefeated, obviously, but they're more than capable of being. Every team on that schedule. I guess it's my point overall. Like, I don't see one team on that calendar like, oh my gosh, they can't beat them at all. Like, I don't see that this year. I think they can beat the Jaguars, 49ers. Yeah, I can, they can beat all those teams this year. You know, I, I do. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm I'm drinking too much Kool Aid. But that's how I feel. How are you feeling about it, K1? I think I like the, the lot of the moves the Steelers made in the offseason, especially in the draft. Grabbing Joey Porter, getting Darnell Washington. You know. And, like, I think the sky's the limit for them. I really – I think it really evolves, like, what Matt Canada and oh, yeah, going to do. Is he going to allow Kenny Pickett to – like, are they going to open up the offense, let him throw downfield more and stuff like that. So, it's really about the, delvin, the development of Kenny Pickett and what Matt Canada's going to do. Because if that offense is going, they're going to be really good because their defense is going to be really good this year. Yeah. And if you, like, go back to even uh, Kenny Pickett at Pitt, you said opening it up. He had three offensive coordinators in college – and his last one, Mark Whipple, allowed him to just go hog wild. And, and what ended up happening was him and Jordan Addison had, you know, probably the best quarterback to wide receiver duo since, like, Dan Marito was a quarterback at Pitt. So it's just like, uh, it just like they, Matt Canada kind of has to give him that freedom. I feel like he's trying to go too much with a ground and pound in a league that's turning into more of, like, a passing first league. But, like, hey, they drafted – Broderick Jones out of Georgia and Darnell Washington, oh, yeah. a good yeah. blocking tight end. He's literally six seven. So, like uh, obviously they can now have that balanced offense, but at the same time, like they have the personnel in in, in wide receivers like that who are dynamic, like George Pickens, and someone who got a lot of speed and is good for like good short crossing routes with um 
what's his face, Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. So I feel like uh, they have the the personnel, and you also have uh, Miles Austin coming back too as well. So or Kelvin Austin, Calvin, Austin. The same yeah. yeah, but Kelvin Austin. But anyways, ignore that blunder. Uh, but they got three good wide receivers, I think, and a lot of and a lot of speed too. So I think they have the personnel, and like Kayvon said, I think they they need to open it up and let Kenny Pickett kind of have more freedom in the offense. Right. Yeah. I just, I don't want to like bog too much to, on like the Steelers, but like I think the the, the my one concern obviously it's it's like the re- the the running the football thing. Like, I really hope they don't they don't be a run first team. They need like kind of you know alternate. They need the right. pass too because like you said, it's a passing league. Every every great quarterback. All the teams that have great teams, they have great passing quarterbacks. And if you want to be on that level, if you want to be on that tier or close to it, you have to be able to throw the football down the field and make plays. I mean, right. I think Pickett's more than capable of that. I've never doubted that. Right. But uh, you have you have the receivers. You have good receivers. You have a, Your O-line should be better this year. Obviously, you're deep at running back. You have Warren, who's a more than capable backup, honestly. He's a really good backup, and you know your defense. I think should be good. Now the key is always health, and usually someone always gets hurt because that's just the nature of the beast. So I think, like you said, they're they're better equipped this year because they have depth. They have guys they can interchange in the, on the O line, of course. Their defense, uh, it's a little bit more uh, bolstered. So maybe if one of those guys goes down for a couple weeks, it's not all doom, doom and gloom. But uh, really, honestly, yeah, at the end of the day, as long as T.J. Watt plays every game. I, uh, you're going to be in every game because, like, it's he's really the engine that drives the defense. Of course, no doubt. You know, you have Cam Hayward, of course, Minka in the backfield. You know, making plays, picks, all that jazz. So, listen, we saw. Uh, you can see the splits with T.J. Watt without T.J. Watt. The Steelers do like a, a, a 600, 650 winning percentage with him on the field. When he's not playing, they're pretty much screwed. So, if he can stay healthy this year, um, I think they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, and I think this is a good transition point because, like, we kind of talked about um, how it's, like, no longer as big of a running league. And the reason being is the gaps close so fast in the NFL now. And, like, there's so many athletic and quick defensive linemen. Just like Aaron Donald, for example. Oh. Like, it's just, like, it's crazy. And speaking of that, I, d- I think it's a good transition point. So, Kayvon played high school football at Montour High School, where we both went. I've known him since kindergarten. And uh, he went he went from Montour and ended up going to Cal U uh, in Pennsylvania. And uh, we said it's Penn West Cal now. But uh, I do want to ask, uh, just seeing, like, the differences between high school and college football, right. how was it, like, adjusting, like, when he first started playing in college football? So definitely, <clears throat> the game is definitely a little bit faster from the transition to high school to college. But I, like, I feel like the most different point is, like, the mental, like, the mental part of the game. You really have to, like, dial in on your – your scheme and to keep reading the keys or like where he's aligned and where's he at if he motions where you have to do I think it's like really a mental game because if you don't know what you're doing on the field it's gonna allow you to play slow and once you play slow you're really cooked so like me coming in it kind of took me a little bit to get the defense uh to know what I was doing just because you know it's like it was kind of complex what we were learning because we we kind of ran like the Steelers defense back in the day with Dick LeBeau so we had a lot of like communication pre-snap wise and stuff like that so once I got that down in line, I was I was playing fast and doing doing what I wanted to do. So wait, so what position do you play? Safety. Safety. Okay, so okay, it's a two pronged question. So, what do you enjoy most about playing safety, and then what's some of the challenges that come with playing safety? Okay. So, what I like the most about playing safety is being like so I played free, so 
just being in the back, just kind of roaming, you know, being that safety, like what it is, center field guy. So I can read the quarterback's eyes, see what he's about to do. So I can, like, really play free and be whatever I want. Obviously, I have uh, keys where I have to read and obviously, like, some coverages where I need to be. But, like, if I'm in the middle of the field, a lot of room, like, it's, I can just do whatever I want. So it allows me to play fast. And what was the other question again? Uh, what's the most difficult uh, thing about playing safety or free safety? Um, for me, for my defense was I was, like, did a lot of communication, so I had to make a lot of checks and stuff like that communication with other DBs so like if I didn't know what I was doing then other DBs didn't know what I was doing and then if we have no communication then we're cooked like right. we're, gonna, we're gonna give up a touchdown so that was the big thing for me is just knowing the play calls and knowing the communication stuff like that did you have a did you have a moment so when you first started to start like every day in 2021 was there like a moment out there where there may have been like a defensive collapse I was like oh wow like this is pretty tough sometimes oh yeah yeah a B- bunch of times uh I think like one time, uh, we played IUP and uh, rivalry game there. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? Cold Bowl. The Cold Bowl. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think uh, so. It gets really loud and stuff like that. And I didn't know. So like the linebacker was making the call, and I didn't hear the call. So like I'm trying to tell him like, what's the call? What's the call? What's the call? And like he didn't give it to me. So like I didn't know what I was doing. So like I kind of just like roamed back in the middle of the field, and we were in cover too. So the corner was playing underneath. And he thought I was gonna be over top, but I didn't get over top. And they they threw the uh, the fade ball. I mean, luckily he dropped it for a touchdown. It was wide open. But I mean, yeah, like we caught a break there. But like, and I was telling the corner like I didn't hear the call. I didn't know I was supposed to be over top. So like, really, that just shows you like you really have to be on your keys, read the uh, the defense, and really communicate. Because if you don't communicate out there, it's gonna hurt you. Yeah, I do want to ask too. Uh, we I kind of said like twenty twenty one. You had three interceptions that year, and overall had a really good season. But like the year before was the COVID year. Right. When you guys weren't playing, how much work did you put in through man, that time? Was, and what was your mindset like? I was working out every day, man. You know, like coming in as a freshman in twenty eighteen and sophomore year. Sophomore year, like freshman year, I had a really good year. You know, I didn't start right away, but the last three games I started, and then. Going into my sophomore year in camp, I kind of struggled a little bit. And I was first, I came in starting, and then I didn't start at all. So that kind of fooled me a little bit. You know, I had a down year. So, like, and then once COVID happened, I was like, okay, like, I really need to go on the field and be on my P's and Q's and stuff like that. So, like, every day I was in, I was just in my basement working out, you know, just trying to find any way I can do. And, uh, <laughs> was there someone out there? Yeah, there's yeah. someone out there. Yeah. Uh, okay. But, um, but yeah, man, I was just working out every day during quarantine and running hills, just like getting outside, just trying to do whatever, everything I can to get better. And honestly, I think that was like, I felt like the best shape of my life during quarantine. So, so I think that what I did during quarantine really transitioned to me for the rest of my college career. And I'm happy the hard work paid off. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, also, too, just that team itself. When you guys first came back, we're nine and one. Just tell, like, tell me like a little bit about the team and how cool it was to play for that team. Man, we just had a uh, we had a lot of great talent on our team, a lot of good coaches on the coaching staff, and I just I think like just not playing for a year really f- fueled us together and wanted like to be together as a team. You know, it was just kind of crazy. Like we were just so locked in and so like committed to each other, like being all in. It just really helped us. Like we all loved each other. We all played for one each other, and it really just was a callus of why we did so good. So I, th- I just think that 
being a team and being together is really what fueled us and allowed us to have success on the field. So, like, um, why, like, not why, but, like, how were you able to, like, balance schoolwork and then with, like, being an athlete? Because, you know, being an athlete, that's not like a, you know, you show up and you play and you're done for the week. Like, that's that's an everyday process. Can you just walk me through, like, how you're able to navigate that even during, through COVID? I got you, I got you. So, like, yeah, so coming in as a freshman, you always say at study hall. So, we had to do, I think, six hours a week. So, like. Boom, we have school in the morning. We practice at 3.30. And then after practice, we go to study hall and um, get work done, study, you know, make sure your grades are up. And we have grade checks as well. So, like, we have our advisor come around and check our grades and stuff like that. But, like, once you're, like, done with a freshman, you maintain over a 3.0, you get out of study hall. So now you're really on your own trying to find your way to uh, be successful in school. So for me, I just made sure, like, after practice and stuff like that, check what I got to do my work, when it's due, make sure I do it before I even do anything if I want to play the game or hang out with friends. So really that's – you just got to keep that self-discipline in your mind because it's really easy to get to get out of track. And I've seen a lot of people like that went to my school that played football that had a lot of talent, even maybe like even talented to me, that fell off just because they didn't have their grades right. Like So it's really it's really important to, to balance that life. Yeah, and I will say this. Uh, going to high school, Kayvon, he's always been like an academic first guy. And I do want to ask, too, just like about your parents, too, because I know your parents pretty well uh, just growing up with you. I, I just want to ask, like, how much do they mean to you, including your brother, too? Yeah. Just how much have they been an influence in your uh, they, life? My family means a lot to me, you know. They always support me whatever I do. Like, every, like, ever since I was little, whatever it was, football, basketball, or even baseball, like, they're always there for me, coming to support, you know, like my dad was my youth coach all the growing up and stuff. So like he's always on my ass, stuff like that, make sure I'm getting better. So like and even like school wise, you know, they always like instill me to get A's and B's. Most of the majority A's. Like, even if like I had a C on my report card, like it's like, why do you have a C? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you on that game too much? You need to be studying and stuff like that. So like really I think that's what instilled me to to have good grades and stuff like that. And I was just having a support system really means a lot to me because like sometimes there'd be days where like I feel down, I feel like not working out or, you know, you know how it goes, just balancing like life and everyone has struggles. So I think that's what keeps me going and keeps me motivated. Yeah, I do an ask too. So you played for Robinson for baseball. Yeah. I played for Kennedy. Mm-hmm. I remember playing you a couple of times. But you were since you were a summer birthday, you were considered like one year yeah. younger and right. stuff. But like, do you have any like favorite like – Little league moments and stuff. I know this is a long time I think, ago. Uh, <laughs> I think it was like a tournament at Cecil. I hit two home runs. It was like I think it was. It might have been a championship game, maybe the the game before, or whatever. But uh, I think I ended up winning like uh, the MVP of that tournament. So which was which was pretty cool to me, you know. Yeah, and I do want to ask too. Um, so was like football always like the number one for you, or did you always? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think football was the number one for me ever since like I was little. You know, uh, I always used to always go to my brother's games and stuff like that, and my dad was coaching them as well. So like I was always on the sidelines, just watching and observing. I remember, I remember one time it was like freezing cold and just, just raining, muddy, and all stuff like that, and like I was just on the sidelines sitting there just because like. I didn't care about being cold or wet or anything. Like, I I really, like, love football. I wanted to watch. Like, even, like, my mom asked me, like, do you want to go home? Stuff like that. I was like, no, like, I'm staying here. I, I want to watch football. So, I think, like, I always had love for the game, and it all started from a young age. 
So was safety always your position, like through like middle school and high school, where you where you, you play other positions? So as I well? actually played like quarterback. Yeah, too. yeah. And from you youth, played DB too. Yeah, from youth all to high school, I, and I played. So I played quarterback and corner. Oh, okay. So yeah, I wasn't. I didn't start playing safety until I was in college. So you are you an offense guy? Are you more of a defensive guy? Like, as uh, far I, as what you have to play? Uh, now I'm more a defensive guy. Okay. I like I don't like I don't I like to bring the hit. I don't want to get hit. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> but uh. But like high school wise, no, nah, it was it was fun playing quarterback. You know, you had the ball in your hand every play, and you make plays happen. And like, you're a leader on that team. So like, I feel like I'm a leader. So I really enjoyed playing football or um, quarterback in high school. So it was it was fun to me. So well, so they had you play cornerback too as well. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I played both sides. Oh, that's crazy. so yeah, I was. That's crazy. I did. I played a lot of snaps, man. I definitely, oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll be like... I'll be waking up sore as ever. Like yeah, right. <laughs> Jeez. I do want to ask too, like Whippeal, it's known for like developing talent. Most recently, probably Sky Moore. He played for Valley High School and uh, Shady Side Academy, but that's besides the point. You played in the Whippeal Championship game and the pouring down rain against right. Thomas Jefferson. Right. And like just take me back to that game. I know like it didn't go as as planned, I guess you can say, but like you just tell me like a little bit about playing in Heinz Field. Yeah, I just think it definitely was a cool experience playing Heinz Field. You know, like once you walked in, I kind of felt like you was like a professional athlete. We walked in. I think we stayed in the uh, stayed in the visitor locker room, but it was you know big locker room. You walk out, it's like a tunnel and stuff. You really feel like you you in the pros. And then like coming out on the field, I was just, I remember I was just like looking around, it's like dag, like I see so many seats like around, like it's just kind of crazy. And I remember like one like I was like you know the jumbotron they yeah. have and stuff like that, and they show like the replay like the live action. I remember like. I would like turn up and look to see if like if if it was like uh catching me on the same like same like feed, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was like so it was kinda cool just playing there. Obviously didn't get the result we wanted, but it's a cool experience to play in Heinz Field for sure. Now like I don't know like if you've been able to do this, but have you ever like whether it's been through high school or college, have you been able to network with other guys that have maybe played like in the XFL, NFL, USFL? Like have you been able to be afforded those opportunities or not so much? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um there's some guys that like I work out at right now that are NFL guys or playing XFL, USFL. Um I know there's a I play with a safety, his name is Lamont Fatter, he's in the uh, USFL right now, so I built a network with him, you know, just playing with him for two years. Really good guy, really good dude. You know, he's a leader. He's a hard worker. He's All-American at the D2 level. So, And he played at Ball State as well. So, And he's he's a hard worker, so his hard work paid off for sure. So, But, yeah, just playing, um, growing up playing football, there's a lot of people that that I came in contact with too that played, like, D1 ball and stuff like that and even had a chance to make a professional level. Like, I played Sky Moore and um, – and uh, youth football when he played for Arkansas, so like it's kind of crazy to see him in the league now, which is pretty Super cool. Super Bowl champion, yeah, too. for sure. Now, would you say I was gonna ask you too? Would you say he's the best player you you've played against, like in, in all your years of playing football? Um, I think the best player I played against, I would. It, this is like from a youth level, so like I probably wouldn't say him just because like I didn't play him like him, right? But I would say the best person I played probably played was probably Geno Stone from Newcastle. He, from Newcastle, yeah, yeah. he was. My junior year, he had like three picks against us. I think he had like two touchdowns. He really put it on us. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably say Geno Stone was probably the best person I played against. I will say this too. I actually wrote his name down too because I I was gonna ask you if he was your best because you I don't know if you had like snaps in this game, 
But freshman year of high school, I remember you guys playing Newcastle and Geno Stone was on that team. Mm-hmm. Do you remember watching him play in high school in that game? Freshman year, yeah, I do, I do, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, was it, like, similar to that experience you had playing, like, youth football, like, watching him play? Like, did you know that this kid was, like, uh, this guy's going to be an NFL guy? Yeah. At the time, like, I knew he was a really good player. And, like, obviously I knew he was kind of, like, wasn't as tall as everyone's, like, as you wanted as a safety. But, like, I knew, like, he could play. Like, he was a dog, like, just from the way he played and stuff like that. So I knew he was going to be good whenever he did. And um, I remember, like, even, like, I wouldn't say like I would I would say Jordan Whitehead, but I never really played against him. Like, but as a freshman, like on the sidelines, I watched him play against us, and I was like, "Dag, like he's really good." Now so, he's a starting yeah. safety, and like Jets have arguably the best defense in the league. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I do want to go back to you though. Like you talked like a little bit about like your XFL camp and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and even before that, you had your pro day too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just tell me like a little bit about your pro day and like combine training. Yeah. Um, so I did my combine training at 424 Athlete Factory. My uh, trainer, Colby Smith, uh, did that for about a couple months there and then got to my pro day. My pro day didn't go as planned as I wanted to. You know, um, maybe, like, I feel like the weather and stuff like that kind of factored into it. It was cold out. It was outside. But I, did, I made the most of it. Uh, I wasn't really too happy about my 40 time and stuff like that. But my uh, my three-cone and 20-yard shuttle was pretty satisfied, and I thought I did good about But And my position drills were solid, so... I mean, I thought I did everything I can, so I think it's in God's hands now. And like, and I just know, like, if I get an opportunity, I'm gonna make the most of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, speaking of God and stuff like that, how much has like your faith bit played a role in uh, in your, your sports and stuff? It's played um, a in very high factor general, for me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been high now for sure. You know, um, growing up, I mean, I went to church here and there like that. Never been like, not always been to church like that all the time, but like. I always had faith in God, and you know what I'm saying? And I really believe that, and I think God has a plan for me. And whatever I do, I, I just know I'm going to be successful just because of the person I am. So, like, and everything, I just feel like it's in God's hands. So I just give my praise to God, and I know he's going to lead me in the right direction. Yeah. Was there a moment where you, you like, I feel like there was one for me, too. Like, I always want to have, like, I always wanted to have, like, control over a situation and, and didn't care. About, like, I always wanted an answer for something. But then all of a sudden, I felt like whenever, like, if you read 2 Peter 5, 7, it's like, cast your cares on him, for he cares about you and stuff like that. And, like, I just re- always remember that verse. And, like, just, like, just tell me, like, a little bit about just, like, was there a moment where you just say, here, God, you can have it all. Like, whatever you want to do with my life, just let it be. Like, was there a moment yeah. that you had like I just that? think, yeah, I just think uh, for the past, like, couple months now, just, like, just trying to find, like, what my next step's going to be and stuff like that. And I really came to realize, like, I'm just going to put it in God's hands. Like, I'm not going to stress what the future's about to be because I know he has a plan for me. So if I, if I keep stressing about it, I'm just going to, you know, just, like, you know how to be. So, like, I, I really just accept the fact, like, I'm putting it in God's hand, and, we'll, like, we'll see what happens. And if I get the opportunity, I'm going to make the most of it. So, like, I think really after, like, my pro day and my combine prep and after I did all these, like, I did a CFL workout in April, like after, especially after the workout I did a couple, uh, couple weeks ago. I'm really starting to like just put it in God's hand, like here, like God lead me whatever direction you want to take me. So, yeah. And now I do want to talk like a little about about the XFL. So you went down to DC for that. Yeah. Just how how like I know we touched upon it a little bit, but how was it going down there and like seeing other players as well? Yeah, there were some. There definitely was some players that I thought 
that can play at that level. And um, it was down at the University of Maryland, so it was kind of cool to – it was like an indoor facility, so it was kind of cool to experience that part and see their facility and stuff like that. But, yeah, I definitely feel like there was, like, a couple of players that can really make an impact on that level. And, um, yeah, there were some good players. And it was a good experience to meet other players as well that are trying to uh, – on the same goal as I am, so – yeah. You have, yeah. Did you meet The Rock at all? Or I not? didn't. He was he was not down there. Oh, come on. Nah. Man. <laughs> did you get to touch the turtle down at Maryland? You know how they have the little terror. I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even see it. No, uh, yeah. I didn't see yeah. it. Yeah. No, but like College Park, Maryland, though, like how what, how was it down there? Like you think it was pretty cool and yeah, stuff? Yeah, it was pretty cool. I liked, I liked it a lot for sure. Mm-hmm. What's it called? Uh, Diggs went there. Uh, what's his name? Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, yeah. yeah. Went, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, so were you in D.C. or Maryland? I just want to get that clarified. It was like, so it was like, it was like for the DC like XFL team. Oh, so like, it was like, okay, it was yeah. like their showcase, but right. like, okay. but the uh, it was in Maryland. Yeah, okay, Maryland. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, my next question for you too is just like, you you you're also going for your masters right now. Can you just like tell us like a little bit about like what you're going for and then what your goals are oh, yeah. for? Yeah. So um, so I got my uh bachelor degree in sports management, uh, in last May. And now I'm my my master program for athletic administration, so I'm trying to be an athletic director. So, you know, like um, when I get done with my masters, I'm just gonna try to make the next step to try to define that goal and achieve it. So, yeah. And just like uh, overall, too, uh, uh, just to wrap up like a kind of our interview portion, unless Justin has like a couple more. What's been like your best? moment and like just sports overall do you have like just one moment like that really st- sticks out to you um i'm gonna say that's a good question man i'm gonna say my recent memory i would probably say is my junior year when we beat iup in the cold ball uh it was kind of it was just kind of a crazy moment just because i think we were down i think we were down 10 with like a minute 50 left or something and then we ended up scoring Kicked the onside kick. We didn't get it at all. And then, luckily enough, we would have stopped them three times, call our timeouts, then went to punt, and we blocked the punt. And with, like, 30 seconds left. And then we get on a score with, like, 14 seconds left. Defense gets back on. We get a pick. And we, we rush the field and stuff, start celebrating and stuff. So that was, that was that was a pretty cool moment, especially being in the cold ball and IUP being our rival. So that I think that's like uh, a sports moment that really stuck with me. Yeah, no, like you said, like those rivalry games too. Like, I just feel like like rivalry games as a whole. It doesn't matter, like, what what your personnel is that year. Like, it's gonna be a close it's all, game. It's always yeah. Everyone's gonna be up for that game, so you know you gotta <laughs> you really gotta lock in. Yeah, yeah, no. And yeah. I I, I should have been more prepared. But I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't have any more questions. Yeah, no, and uh, I was telling Kayvon too if we had some time. Uh, would you guys want to talk like a little bit about like the NBA off season? Yeah, I, I can talk till twelve fifty. Then I have to go. Oh yeah, so that's still fine. Like twenty minutes. We can talk. Yeah, about. sounds yeah. good. Uh, so uh, I do. Last podcast we were saying like we did, we didn't touch up upon NBA. Right. And uh, Kayvon, like, do you do you like do you see like a team? In the NBA, that like just had a killer off season. It was like, Man, oh, like this I, team's gonna think, be good next year. I'm a big Braun guy, so I think. I'm gonna say I think the Lakers had a really good off season, man. Did, I, I like yeah. I like what they did. Resign Reeves, resign Rui, resign D'Lo. I I, I like resigning D'Lo. I mean, obviously he didn't play well in the Western Conference Finals, but I mean he's still a good player at the end of the day. You're still gonna need him during the regular season, 
And even if he doesn't plan out during the regular season, he's, he's still used for a trade bait as well. And then additions of Gabe Vincent, you know, 3 and D guy. Good shooter. Yeah, good shooter for sure. Big played in playoff moments. Um, who else they got? Terry, uh, Terry and Prince, mm-hmm. good 3 and D guy. Um, veteran player, rotation guy. He's going to be good. And I like yeah, I Cam like, Reddish too. Yeah, right? I like Cam Reddish's potential. What he can do, we can bring him to the floor. And then Jackson Hayes is a seven-footer, a young athletic guy. So I think they need one more piece, one more center. And I think the sky's the limit for them. They can, As long as they stay healthy, they they could be a threat in the West for sure. Yeah, I really can't argue that. I mean, that's, but, but like, like you said, what's going to be key is the health, bro. If uh, At this point, LeBron, like I don't think he can give you 80 games. Nah, so I think at I this agree. point – 60 or 65 is probably the optimal. And then Anthony Davis, really, that's the guy who should be playing, like, 70 games every year. I, I don't understand. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah. But, like, last year, though, he was, like, really dominant. Like He, he played most of the season last year, too, other than that one month. How many games did he play last year? I think, like, 50 like, to 60. I'd probably like him to play, like, at least 65. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be nice. But, I mean, uh, compared to other years, yeah, you can say he's kind of, he was relatively healthy. But, I mean, like, if he can, like – Let's say play sixty five, seventy games, and you know, average, did what he did last year on a more consistent basis. I mean, yeah, they're gonna be tough to beat. I mean, I still think Denver is the team to beat because they're the best player sure. in the NBA right For now. Sure. And Jamal Murray really like took up another level in the playoffs, like he did back in the bubble. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's really I think it's them and the Lakers right now as far as the two best teams in the West. And if you still want to argue like Phoenix getting Bradley Beal, yeah, that's I, they have they're like, they're, they're gonna be a t- they're not gonna be good just, defensively. That's, no, that's yeah, no depth, and they don't have no they don't have no point guard that can really like. Like Bradley Beal's not a point. Like Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, they're not point yeah. guards. Like they, they're, they're, they're scorers, not going to yeah. yeah, they're not going to facilitate the offense. Yeah, especially in a moment like in the playoffs, you need a a point guard that can run the offense. So it's gonna it's gonna be interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean they have a they have they have four really good starters. Don't get me wrong, but I mean. Where's where's that guy to run the offense? You just have a bunch of scores, and then you have DeAndre Ayton, who like at this point, like he's a twenty and ten guy at his best, but like sometimes I don't know if you get his best. Right. Like, I just you just don't know with him. So I, I'm gonna say that Phoenix they're gonna be a playoff team, but I don't think they're like legit contenders because Kevin Durant can't play a full year either. Um, that's part of it, and um, you just ever since that Achilles injury. In Golden State, like he just hasn't put anywhere close to a full season. Right. And when he does play, he's still like really good. Like that, he's actually great, honestly. Still, but I mean, Devin Booker, you still have him. Bradley Bill, kind of had a bit of an injury bug here the last couple of years as well. Right. So I mean, we'll see. I mean, they're gonna be a good team regardless. And who knows? Maybe with Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel's a defensive uh, coach uh, first. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked for the Lakers for a couple of years. For the Pacers, Pacers. Yeah, they were right. Eastern. They had Roy Cup. Hibbert and Lance Stevenson. Uh, Roy yeah. <laughs> Paul I mean, George. so like, yeah. so defensively, they might be improved, but I, I still think there's still going to be challenges on defense and you know health. That's always key. And then the Warriors, I don't think they're contenders at all. I don't. I, they have no size. N- no, and then like you trade Jordan Poole for Chris Paul. Uh, that's not really. That's not a good trade. I'm so I don't yeah, care I how don't. you break. It's not a good trade. It's not. And they didn't address, like, like Kayvon said. They don't have size. Last year that was their problem, and they didn't address it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they need like Kevon Looney. Like he was. He was. Wasn't really a center in college. He had a lot of the NBA, and he's your starter. Yeah, like, he's, I like he, Kevin Looney. He's a really good, gritty player. He's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a, a no. He's he's, he's a really good rebounder. Like he yeah. is, but I mean, you, 
you have Clay Thompson who's declining, Draymond Green's declining as a player as well, and then like you get rid of one of your young assets who can get better. I I know he didn't really progress last year, but he pretty much put up a similar stat line than he did the year Still before. Put up over right. twenty points. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, you you got rid of twenty points a game for someone that might not even play half a year. So you know, it's just I like Chris Paul. He's a Hall of Famer, but like. Uh, four years too late, man. It's like four years right. too late, and that's a that's a weird fit too. Is he gonna? Is Chris Paul actually gonna start, or is he gonna come off the bench? I, I, don't, I don't see him starting the three guard. I, I don't see him starting. Paul that's a guy Curry. like incredible. Yeah. It has to be incredibly too, small. That's too small. Like Andrew Wiggins got to be yeah, a four. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Draymond's gonna be, Draymond be, be a center? Like, yeah, come yeah, on. I don't, I don't know what their plans are. They're gonna have to. They're another team. They're gonna have to outshoot everyone every right. night to win. Because like, if you if you start Chris Paul, you'd have to do Paul. Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, and then Green or Looney. Like, I mean, it's like at that point, I think Wiggins is your best defender. I don't think Draymond Green's not the same defender as he once was. So Wiggins is a good defensive player, but I mean, defensively they might be a little challenged too. We'll see. Yeah, I then, just like I, I didn't get it either. And then I'm trying to think who else. Like, I mean, the Thunder I think can make a jump just because they have a lot of young a lot talent. Of young talent for sure. And then they have they have they have Chet coming back this year. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I don't really count the Pelicans because Zion, he's like never healthy. I um, do like, I like Memphis a lot. Yeah, Just, they they got a really a lot of they got size, they got defense, they got yeah. a little bit of shooting, and I mean Jaws missing twenty games. But yeah, can, that's the only killer. But they can they can, now they got Marcus Smart, which yeah, I think is going to help Jaw too. So I mean they could they could be an interesting team as well. No, for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think you know they're they're one of those teams everyone expected to be good this year, right? And like. If Jaws healthy, like they, they still have Desmond Bain back. Who, who they lost someone? They, they lost. Uh, uh, oh, Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks. Dylan Brooks. Dylan but Brooks, you replace yeah. him with Marcus Smart, Marcus who's Smart. like I think Brooks is the better offensive option. But when it comes to defense, I think like Brooks is a good two way player. But I think Marcus Smart, like he, I think that's a good good pickup right there. So I think they're pretty much in the same spot as last year. Like if Steven Adams doesn't get hurt, right. like and Brandon he, Clark got hurt. Yeah, they had yeah. so many injuries down the stretch. Ja got hurt. So, like, hey, like, don't count out Memphis, too, I guess, because, like, they'll have everyone back. Right. I would say, too, don't forget uh, Sacramento, too. I mean, I think last year they they had, like, the best offense in basketball. And defensively, they weren't very good. But, I mean, Mike Brown, once again, he's another defensive coach. Mm-hmm. He got the offense under control. If he can get the defense regulated, I think the K- Kings could be a dark horse uh, NBA Finals team. I do. I like the Kings. I like De'Aaron Fox's game a lot. De'Aaron Fox. I like De'Aaron Fox a lot. I'm glad yeah. a, a lot of people are starting to finally realize how good De'Aaron Fox actually yeah. is because he like flew he, under the radar for right. the first three or four years because they weren't winning games. But now that they like they made the playoffs. Oh, everyone realized. Oh, he's a really good player. Right. Like it's it's crazy yeah, how that works. I I remember I've said it on this podcast. I remember saying it as literally a 17 year old kid. The the Lakers took Lonzo Ball, which I think Lonzo Ball is a good player, but he's hurt a lot. But like I remember. De'Aaron Fox literally scoring almost 40 points on Lonzo Ball in the NCAA tournament. And it's just like, how do people, like, I I thought he was a top three pick, yet alone fifth. Yeah, Lonzo Ball might not ever even play again in basketball for him to robot. He's supposed to miss all of next year, too. That's crazy. He hasn't played about, it's like two and a half years now. I've seen, like, uh, the Bulls, like, Try to do like a waiver thing yeah, to like get yeah. his money so they can sign another player or something yeah, like that. I think, yeah, that's yeah. that's really a sad situation. Yeah. Like he was really he's really talented guy. No, he is. Yeah, like, I like him a lot. He was really coming into his own Chicago. Right. And then like he he got hurt, and then like that pretty much the Bulls 
I remember that year. They were like a dark horse, not finals team, but maybe like a second round team that year with uh, him and uh, Levine and uh, uh, DeRozan. That's what I'm thinking of. But like they had a really good team that year, and like I've, it's not a coincidence. Like once he went down, the the Bulls kind of faltered because I mean he's a he's a facilitator. He's like an elite defender. Uh, he can score. His scoring really improved. Like when he went to New Orleans and Chicago, and I, he was finally starting to put it together, and he was like looking like a legit All Star, and then like he got hurt, and that just really sucks. And um, hopefully Lamelo Ball can stay healthy this year too, because he's like another fun guy to watch. Right. Uh, all the highlight reel plays he makes as well with Charlotte, and um, yeah, I mean we'll see. The Charlotte, they're another interesting team with like MJ like selling the team. They uh, who they it was they drafted um wasn't Scoot, it was uh. Brandon, Brandon, uh, Brandon uh, Miller, Brandon yeah. Miller, yeah, from that, Alabama. Yeah, that, he's that, looking great in the summer league, by the way. Brandon Miller. What'd you say? He he looked great in his first oh, game yeah. in the summer league and stuff. No, yeah, of course. So did uh, Chet Holmgren, and you know, of course. But like, I don't know. Like, that's an interesting fit. I don't know how that's gonna work. But I mean, they're not. I don't. They're not gonna be very good next year either. I don't think Charlotte. But we'll see. And they have Miles. I think Miles Bridges. Yeah, is I think he's coming oh, yeah, back. Oh yeah, he is coming back. Yeah. The, I, I don't. I don't think they're gonna be very good either. But we'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll challenge for a playing spot or something. Though. Now, what you got? Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what you guys? Yeah. What you guys think of uh, Wembenyama? Uh, that dude's gonna be an animal, and like just watching him play, and like I'm not gonna so much talk about him, mm-hmm. but I want like I brought up this point before, and I want to see what you think about it. Think about your best players in the league. You got uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic, you got Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid. I think those are arguably your top four, and your number one overall pick is the best, like considered the best prospect of all time, mm-hmm. Wembanyama. What do they all have in common? They're all foreign players. Right. So, like, I just thought that, that that's just, like, an interesting yeah. point that, like, it, basketball is, like, really worldwide now. So, like, right. what do you think yeah. about that? It, yeah, like, I remember like, seeing, like, uh, on, like, podcasts and stuff, like, a lot of NBA players talk about how, like, the European games is all, like, all about skill. Like, them them guys coming to the NBA, like, Luca came in skill. You know what I'm saying? Marketing came in as a game skilled, even though he played at uh, Arizona, but he – he was from, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Ever, so, like, yeah, he's they, from Fran- they really Fran- just really, yeah, Ginobili came in with, and established the Euro step. So, yeah. it's, like, it's really skill-based around that game. More so as, uh, like, in America, like, you get the more athletic guys and stuff. But their game, playing European ball, is really polished real. So, it allows them to translate well in the NBA. Mm-hmm. No, I think you made a good point there. You said polish. Most college guys, they're, like, re- not, they're, like, really raw. And, like, they usually have a rough first year. And you know most European guys or foreign guys like Jokic, like you mentioned, Giannis was a bit of a project too. But him, uh, Jokic, Luca, those those kind of guys, they came in, they were already like really good players. Like, there was really not much of an adjustment period. And now, Wembyana, he's gonna have to gain some weight, obviously. But like I think he's gonna have a really good first year. And I think people, my issue with him though, it's not so much him and his, his talent. It's like the media hype around him. I think. When you start like saying the best prospect ever, and then you start saying like his peaks, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and I, and it, like like it's just like right. if he doesn't if he doesn't exactly live up to that, then like I hope people don't go around calling him a bust because it's just that'd be really it's stupid. A lot of pressure on him. For yeah, sure. and it's just like yeah. I still think he's, he's gonna be a great player. I do, um, but I mean, there's there's different levels of great, and I think some people's idea is like, oh, he's gonna be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Wilt Chamberlain to have like forty and twenty. Like I think. Like I think it's a little unrealistic, but I think you know, twenty seven and ten. I think that's really that's right. definitely doable. Right. Like peak, 
And then his peak, I think he can average 30 and 12. I don't, I don't see why not. Right. Like four blocks, I can't see that. But I think the first couple of years, I think people need to take it easy. I hope people don't just like expect him just to go in and, oh, he's going to average 35 a game. Right. That's just like, that's just so insane to even consider that. And I think a bigger issue too, not even so much him, but in sports, we throw around the word bust too much, I think. Because I saw that too with like mm-hmm. Kyler Murray on Twitter. Mm-hmm. People were talking about whether he's a bust or not. I was like, he's like a two time Pro Bowl. Yeah. What are you talking about? He won rookie of the year. Yeah, so it's like, like yeah. I just don't like they People throw out bust too much because guys don't come in and just dominate right away. Right. Even though for most guys, there's an adjustment period. Now, there are those rare cases, whether it's LeBron, MJ. There's no adjustment period really at all. But, I mean, I think with him, it's going to be a mix of both. I think he'll he'll come in and playing really well. I think he'll win Rookie of the Year. But I think there's there's going to have those games where he just looks um, gets outclassed. That, that's just right. part of being a rookie. But, right. I mean, I think he's going to be a great player regardless. So. Even, look at Christos Porzingis. He was being called a bust before he even played a basketball game. Right. Like so, and then like Giannis, like he averaged six points in his first season. So, like you got to give players just just some time to like be able to develop. But I do want to talk about that point too. You made about how these players are more polished coming overseas. If you look at college basketball now, though, like Duke's running a new offense every single year because they're getting one and dones every year. And like this is just like a, a side point, but personally, like I think watching like mid-major basketball is just as enjoyable or more enjoyable to watch than like an ACC game because like you're seeing a bunch of one and duns and it's like kind of just like a lot of iso ball meanwhile like if you watch mid-major play like these are players that have played like three to five years and they know like it's more of like a team basketball game and you see more system play and like uh like, you'll see more zones at that level, and it's not just, like, man-on-man iso ball. Like, it's, like, you'll see, like, diamond traps, two threes, all kind of stuff. Not that they don't have it at, like, ACC level and stuff like that, but I don't know. That's just, like, my point that, like, these one-and-dones, like, it's, like, they're not getting the same as, like, someone in the EuroLeague. Because, like, I feel like EuroLeague, you're already playing in a system at, like, Luca was playing in a system at the age of 15 or 16 years old. Like, he already was playing team. So, like, when he comes over here and then all of a sudden gets that freedom to play in the NBA, he already has all his other stuff down, and he already has that basketball IQ. And, like, yeah, that's why you're seeing players like him and even, like, Chris Stapps Porzingis I brought up. Like, he was a beast in the early. He came right over here. It was dominant. The only problem with him is, like, he just gets hurt a lot. But, like, when you're 7'3", it's tough to stay healthy, so... Well, I think part of it too is like why guys come in so raw, especially American players. There's there's no continuity in college basketball. Like like your top teams always get the good recruits, whether it's Kentucky, Kansas, or Duke. Like they're they're rolling over teams every year. So guys, if if they stayed for another year, even two years, I think you'd have a lot more guys come out of college more polished and more NBA ready. Guys come in the league, they're like sticks. They're not built. Like I mean. They look like high school players. I mean, they are. They've played one year college. They're still nineteen twenty. So it's just like if you stay two years, build some muscle, get some reps in the tournament, you play against better competition. Like it's just like the sky's the limit. I mean, we saw like most guys like they. Donovan they, Mitchell played two years. He did. That. Most guys are drafted like out of projections, not so much what you did on on the on the court. A guy right. can average four points a game, shoot thirty five percent from the field. Oh well, he has the 
the most potential to be a superstar. It's just like, I mean, do we really know that? And then it's just, I don't know. I'd rather, like, right. it's, it's just, there's like a, stig- a stigma with, like, especially in NBA, where if you play more than one year, you're not like a, like a top 10 yeah. pick. Like, I, was, you don't, I was literally about to say that, you're not, too. You're not, you're not drafted yeah. until, like, number pick number 20, 25. Right. Like, it's just ridiculous. And some of those guys are more NBA ready. Like, I just, I don't know. And there, there, there's guys in this past draft that that will probably be more NBA ready than than Scoot Henderson or um, uh, Brandon Miller. Right. Like it's just one Especially of those. Especially like with those like, like Villanova guys right. like Jalen Brunson and yep. Dante Divincenzo and who else? Mikel Bridges. Like, right. Yeah. Those Bridges guys play like all four years. Yeah. Like yeah. that's what I mean. And they're really good NBA players. Yeah. Yeah, Mikel Bridges though, like and Jalen Brunson, like that just goes to show you that even another one. Cameron Johnson, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah. he now he's getting paid twenty five million dollars a year. That's a Ulsh guy right there. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show that like sometimes staying an extra year. Another thing too is like another thing I don't understand is like yeah, it's cool to get a one and done, but sometimes your drop your draft stock drops because you weren't a one and done. So for example, Donovan Mitchell, that guy's a top three pick, but he wasn't taken until thirteenth because they were like, oh wait, he played an extra year. Which I don't think that that should hold as much value. Like no. obviously, like Scoot Henderson and you know Wembanyama. Like obviously, these guys have only played you know one year and stuff like that. But I don't think like I don't think like it should be the end all be all. If you guys know what I mean. Right. Like, yeah. right. So, I agree. Yeah. What I do you think? Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. Like it, you shouldn't get knocked for playing multiple years in college, because like you're yeah, like you said, like your game is more. You know what it takes more. Like you've been in a system. So you know how to play team ball, especially, like, that's important becoming, like, a role player in the NBA because, like, you play within your system, within your role. As for, like, like you said, like, coming in the league at 18 and 19, like, you're still, still young. Like, you're still right. not grown into your body right. yet. So it's, it definitely going to take your time for develop. Like, sometimes you, like, they hit right away and sometimes they don't. So, like, yeah, like, I agree with that, that it shouldn't be knocked for playing extra two years in college. Yeah, I do want to add, too. Um, I it, about the Kings, and we were talking about the Euroleague, but um, they signed the Euroleague MVP, uh, Sasha Vezinkov, and he averaged like 18 points over in the Euroleague. So I just wanted to add that about the Kings. So like I think like people are forgetting that, like because even like uh, Nikola Mirotic, for example, was able to make a big difference in like Chicago, for example, or Milwaukee. So I'm just saying like now. You know, this team's signing, like, a year league MVP. I just thought that that was a good note that, like, you said dunk out the Kings, just, like, solidifying your point there. Yeah, I mean, I just, like, I just want one more point, though, about that. Like, think about it. who's the best American player in the NBA right now. Just think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, I'm just, like, because, cause like you said, Jokic, Giannis, Embiid. Who's one of American guys? Like they're you, got not, a, you got AD, LeBron, and Steph Curry. Steph Curry. <laughs> oh, Kevin Durant. KD. Like one healthy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much like really. I mean that's still great a great like four guys. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like the guys that are really like the, the top of the level. Those they're not American born players. Right. Even Shea Gilgis Alexander from Canada, which I know like we're not talking like he's North American still, but like yeah, I mean, even then like you still gotta consider that. Yeah, yeah. So it's just crazy how like the game is like kind of changed into that. But at the same time, like you're, we're still getting good American players. So I'm just like. I'm, you're starting to see a trend in like these like uh, like Euroleague players coming over and just being studs, like immediately. Yeah, I mean, 
that I think that was part of the issue too. Like you said with Porzingis, there was a stigmatism because like oh Darko Milicic didn't pan out. Then like everyone had that like that preconceived notion that all European guys or guys overseas can't work in the NBA. That's just not true. I mean, yeah, you'll have your misses like him. You'll have and, your Mario Hazonia and your uh, Andre Barnani's. You'll have those guys, but right. you all you can also have a, a Jokic or Embiid. Like just it's just right. like you just you just can't judge off like oh where they come from. That's like really ridiculous, honestly. So yeah, Embiid too. Like I, I just thought he people were calling him a bust, like when he was hurt. Well, if you can't, you're not, you're not even playing. How can you be a bust? It doesn't make any sense. You, but you know, you remember that. Like, people were like, oh, is yeah. he ever going to play? Like, right. oh, like, why they draft him? I, I, that's funny. I, I do remember they, they said out of everyone in that draft, whether it was Wiggins, uh, Jabari Parker, I think Zach Levine was in that draft too. They, they said, oh, Joel Embiid's going to be the, the most likely to be a bust in that draft. And, like, he was the best player in that draft but by a landslide. Julius Randle and Marcus Smart were in that draft, too. Yeah. It was a uh, deep draft. Yeah. yeah, it was. But, I mean, the st- point still remains, though. And Bede's by far way the best player in that draft, though. Like, he was, yeah, by far. And, like, maybe Wiggins has had a good career, too. I don't want to knock him. I'm not. But, yeah, all, all those guys, really, with the exception of Jabari Parker, they've had solid careers. I mean, Jabari Parker's more like a tragic story because he just couldn't stay healthy. Yeah. But, I mean, when he when he was healthy those first couple of years in Milwaukee, like you could tell, like he was gonna be a, a legit player though. But you know, it, injuries did he, really. Did he win rookie of the year? Ah, I think it was I, Wiggins. Was it Wiggins? Okay, look, look was it up. Wiggins or yeah, yeah, I think it was. Who? Because he had Julius Randle in that draft. I think it was Wiggins. Because I know Julius. Because Julius Randle got hurt the, fuck, the first, first game of the first season. Game. Yeah, I remember that. And I then too. I think it was. I think it was Wiggins. Yeah, it probably was. Or but. Jabari Parker, he had a good, he had a, he had a pretty good year. Yeah, you know, Jabari, it was cool. Like, it was cool seeing like Jabari Parker, like his second year, he was averaging twenty points a game, twelve games right. into the season. Yeah, Wiggins like, won Rookie of the Year. That yeah, year. but still, like, it's a shame with Parker because he was when he did play, he was a good player, and even after two back-to-back season-ending injuries, he was still a, a solid guy, averaging like fourteen points a game. You know what the crazy thing is, he's only twenty-seven years old. He's not even old. I know he's, he's already out of the league. Twenty-seven years old. It, it's a shame because, like, another player too is like, I'm going to say it, Greg Oden. Greg, yeah. You know, like, it, I'm not saying he'd be better than Durant, but like, I really don't think that that was that bad of a pick. No. If you right. look at how good he was in college and the size of him, and just like the dude was already a man coming out of like, yeah, like, and I'm it's sure. just like it was just a shame because he never he he was hurt like literally got hurt every year. Yeah, it's uh, there's just some things you can't. That's why I don't, I don't like throwing the word "bust" out there. Like I just I never really liked the word like, at all. I think um, like that's a classic case. Like he a lot of that stuff that happened to Greg Oden that was out of his control. Like, he couldn't control getting hurt. Guys can't control getting hurt. That's just part of the sports, unfortunately. Like it's the same with football. Every sport you can think of, guys get hurt, and it's just like oh well, he's a bust now because he got hurt. Well, no, it's just. It's just the nature of the beast. Some guys are fortunate to avoid injury than other guys. It just it just happens. Right. It's unfortunate, but that's just how it goes. Yeah, and like uh, yeah, it's it's crazy to see and uh, and just like timetables too. I I think like especially in baseball, like look at Jacob Degrom. Like he didn't start until he was like twenty six. So I'm yeah. going back to our point, right. but like a lot of players don't break out until. They're older sometimes. It's just how it's just how it is. I mean, so. I I I'll do a Pirates one just to 
rub salt in the wind, but Jose Bautista yeah. didn't really pay out until he was like 30 years old. He didn't take off until he was about 30 with Toronto. It's because so. he was on Toronto. Well, that, <laughs> but, but like, yeah, I mean, like he was he was like viewed as a bust. I mean, he started out, I think it was Kansas City, wasn't good there. Pirates was up and down. And then a year after he went to Toronto, he hits like 50, 50 home runs. And then they ran the Moss, too. Yeah. And Steve Pierce won, they, they won some, the World Series MVP. Listen, they had some players. They just didn't know like how to develop them and like utilize them. You can't say they didn't. So, yeah, it's it's always cool. Like Elias Diaz, All Star Game MVP, like All Star yeah. catcher. Yeah. And you know what the Pirates need right now? A catcher. catcher. <laughs> well, they they actually have two catchers on the roster. They just they they have a third one that that shouldn't be playing at all. It's playing. Yeah, I. Uh, Andy getting caught up is cool, but like, yeah, I think like he just didn't look ready in his first two games. But I but guess you, we'll see. It. You, you, have, you have to have him up though. Henry Davis should be playing catcher though, or at least DH. Like he should, he shouldn't he be shouldn't playing be right, right field. Right field, yeah. Right, you just... could see, and like, you could just tell, like in right field, like the way he judges the ball. Like the guy didn't even take like two steps back. No, it's just <laughs> like that guy. He probably hasn't played right field since he was in the league. Yeah, because like, he's, he's not a right. That's why he's like he looks. Look, he looks lost out there because that's not his natural position. He's a catcher, and it's just like I don't. You you're probably better off putting Andy out there because like he can play like multiple positions. He's not just a catcher. He can play first, and I believe he can play second. I think he plays some outfield too. So you're probably better off having Andy play the outfield. Honestly, that's probably not going to be a great thing either. But like. I don't know. I think he's at least played some outfield, but that's another story. Yeah. Well, it seems like we're on bas- <laughs> baseball again. <laughs> but I do want to. I I had a point earlier, and I'm I'm gonna jump around here, but Houston Rockets. I just want to talk like a little bit about them. So they got Dylan Brooks. They signed Fred Vliet. Fred Van Vliet yeah. to like forty two million nah, a year. That's ridiculous. Which is like he's a good player, but yeah, like, yeah, come on now. That's kind of crazy. <laughs> and then you got, you know, Jock Landell, you drafted one of the Thompson twins, get Jeff Green. Where do you see the Rockets in a couple years? Because, like, I think like with Jalen Green. Wait, they signed Jeff Green. How, yeah. yeah and they got uh um, they got the, uh, yeah, Ugo, Green, is, What's his name? Ugo, what? I can't say his name. Which one? Ime Ogota or oh Ime Oduka. Oduka, yeah, the coach, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, the yeah, coach, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I I think like in a couple of years, like with Jalen Green and uh, there's a star and Amen Thompson. Uh, which one did they, they? Which Thompson did they get? The oh, I, don't know. I think it was. I think it's. I think it's Amen. I think. I think it's Amen. Yeah, but like bes- that's besides the point. They're practically like the same. <laughs> yeah, player. same player. But really. like, yeah, like th- they. But yeah, like you have him. You have Jalen Green, like Dylan Brooks. He's still young yeah. too. Jamari Smith. Yeah. Like, then you have Alfred uh, Sengun. Yeah, It's hard to say his last name. Sengun had a breakout year last year. Like in like even um, you know Jabari Smith like. From Auburn, he was a beast there, and Jock Landell still young. He played for oh, they, the same areas. Oh, they, 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 they get, I like him. Yeah, yeah. he he's good. Yeah. Like he's really good at spacing the floor and just uh, got size too. So they're gonna I be mean, interesting it, team for sure. That I, like at best, I can see him as a, like a play in for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think, think they like could, if, yeah. if all, I mean, I think they could honestly. If all goes well, I think they could be a playing team next year. But I think really, you're looking at like two years from now when they they'll actually be a playoff team. I think because right. they'll probably still have a. Lottery picks, at least another. So, sure. add to that roster. You know, Uduka did great things in Boston, took him to the championship. Um, so, I think I'm not going to say they're going to win the finals, Houston, in like two years, but like they're going to be, they're gonna be a, a lot better shape than they have in the past three years. It's been pretty rough down there. Right, yeah. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to be in, in better shape. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
I definitely think like there's a, a spot open for them in the play-in. Yeah, I mean, there's always someone that's in every league. There's always that team that makes it the one year they miss the next year. So I'm sure I don't know who that will be, but I'm sure someone will miss it next. I just year. hope the Mavericks make it this year because it's like <laughs> what a collapse. But I mean, they re-signed Kyrie. You have Luca back, but I just feel like they really didn't address a lot of the, like their depth issues in the off season at all. Like still got like no really defense like that. For sure, mm-hmm. I don't even. They, I know they dropped the center uh, lively from Duke, which they needed some rim protection. But right. other than that, they really don't have a lot of three and D guys. Mm-hmm. No, and even lively too. Like ACC tournament, he looked really good, but like offensively, he didn't give you much last year. Yeah. So like, I think like that's good that they drafted him, but I don't think he was the most NBA ready player that you know, like that they needed. Right. Like I think they needed to go out and. But I think he could be a good player, like for sure. Yeah. Like he has a tremendous upside. He's athletic. Right. Um, yeah. So. I don't want. Like, I have to go though. Like, yeah. I, 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 have, I have like a uh, Zoom meeting. Like I actually have to attend. So. Yeah. Like, sounds you guys good. can keep talking if you want. But I have to go though. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds do you good. know how to save and all that stuff? I do. Yeah. I'll okay. send it to your email. All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, anyways, I think that's a good stopping point yeah. at that. J- Justin has to abandon us and leave See, us. Yes, I do. I'm sorry. Sorry. Last one to come in, first to leave. That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was teasing. Hey, thanks for joining us, Justin. No problem. No problem. Yeah. Hey, but anyways, that's a great stopping point. And uh, probably our most entertaining end to a podcast. But I will say this. Thank you so much for joining us, Kayvon. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me, man. I had a blast. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again, and uh, Please come on again. Like we're always looking for guests. Sure, for sure. Much yeah, but anyways, everyone out there, thank you for listening. Um, you know, we're about an hour and twenty in. So if you're still here, thank you so much. And uh, you can join us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcast, or uh, wherever you get your podcast. Guys, have a good one out there.